With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Last Factor Podcast. What is up, lacrosse fans? You are watching the 112th episode of the Lax Factor Lacrosse Podcast. I am your host, Ted Hoost, and today we're going to talk about the PLL playoffs. They went late into the night last night, and then I'm up at the crack of dawn this morning to report on these. So we're going to talk about the Whip Snakes win over the Redwoods, the Chaos's win over the Archers. I want to talk a little bit more about the Chaos because I think that, that what they've done with losing four games in group play and then making it to the finals here, the way they've turned their offense uh, offense around has been pretty incredible. And then we'll talk about some of the best, my favorite three goals from this round, this semifinal round here. Before I get into it, as always, be sure to like and subscribe. Best way that you can help the channel grow, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And as always, you can go to laxfactor.com to get yourself swag, t-shirts, hats, all that stuff and support the podcast there. And if you are an audio listener, you can go to Anchor dot fm forward slash lax factor to listen to the audio version of this podcast at any time if you decide you don't want to see my beautiful mug on camera so one of the first things i wanted to talk about was the crazy goals there was three goals four goals technically that i thought were pretty nuts one in the first semifinal game the archers and the chaos burns between the legs goal and i'm going to show it here as i'm talking about it Burns between the legs goal was filthy, and he had a defender draped all over him, just all over him. Excellent defense as he's getting beat up. The dodge was like a dodge and a redodge and a redodge and a redodge. Finally, he just decides, hey, I'm going to go down this right side. I'm going to put this between my legs. And then when uh, Boyle asked him what what was going on there, he, he said something to the effect of he just blacked out. He doesn't remember it. He blacked out and put it between his legs. It was filthy, though. The placement, everything about that goal was filthy. And those are the ones that you laugh about later saying, A, can't believe I took that. And B, I can't believe that it went in. So that goal was awesome. Earhart's four, four points that he puts up, two goals. He scored two two-point goals. And that was really the difference in the Whip Snakes Redwoods game among other things. But I mean, when you're a defender and you put up four points on that board, uh, that that's the game changer right there. If those are only one point goals, Redwoods win this game, you know, in theory, the way things fly. But but it's not just the Earhart hit two two point goals as a defender, as a long pole uh, LSM. It's that he hit them from downtown. I believe both of them, he was easily five yards behind that three-point line, which puts that shot at like 20 feet against one of the best goalies in the world in Tim Troutner Jr. So Earhart's two goals were insane. And then my favorite one, oddly enough, was Nier's goal, partly because it was his only goal of the series so far. But that was sick. For that to be your only goal of the series where Nier comes from behind the cage and just wrap around, backhands it, and you could tell as soon as he started to go up that right side, he had already decided in his head that was what he was doing. I love to see that goal as well. So those are my three favorite goals of the night. Um, let's get in and talk about the chaos and the archers a little bit first. That was the first game of the night. Now, granted, the chaos, they were terrible during group play offensively. But 
despite their offensive woes, Blaze Reardon looked solid. Uh, the defense looked solid. Uh, and the defense to offense, you know, they're, they're able to push things in transition. And that was typically where they, they played a little bit better, but they were struggling in all facets of offense. Uh, it, nothing was working. But who would have ever envisioned that you would take who many presume to be this team's best player in Connor Fields? Now, I say I, I understand when you're saying someone is one of these any of these teams best player, the margins here are very small. So I, if I think Connor Fields is the best player on this team, someone could throw out that they think Byrne is or somebody else, and you couldn't argue with that. I mean, these guys are all that good. But who would ever think that you would put Connor Fields on the bench and not he wouldn't play at all in the quarters or in the semis? And what would happen is your offense would explode for 19 goals in the quarters and then 13 goals in the semis. They go from being the worst offensive team in the series to being the best offensive team in the series. And in the semis, even, it didn't look good uh, on paper for the chaos. They lost the GB battle, barely. 17 turnovers. They, they turned the ball over a boatload. But Blaze Reardon, he stayed, stands tall in cage. The chaos defense stayed strong. And more importantly, Blaze Reardon over the fourth quarter was incredible. Granted, also, I'll say that the Archers put a little bit of popcorn on him in that fourth quarter. But he did what he needed to do. The defense stayed busy, stayed on hands, stayed in passing lanes. So, you know, in this game here, the, the chaos, they come out, they get a fast start, they take a big lead, and that ended up being the difference that the Archers just couldn't get back what they lost in the first uh, over the first half. And uh, over the third and the fourth, like I said, Blaze did his job, and that's all. And, and Blaze has been, if not the best goalie, some people are going to, I think, argue that I think it's Burnlore uh, had better stats, but Blaze has faced a lot more shots and has been just as consistent in the face of all of those shots. So... Uh, that's huge, but you, you you talk about taking. I think it was Thompson that they they replaced Fields in the starting lineup with. So attack production for the chaos, and I'm going to talk a lot about the chaos. You know, everyone wants to hear about the archers, but hey, the archers lost in the semis, so I don't care about the archers anymore. Even though I loved watching the archers play, and I had picked the archers to do big things. Attack production in the semis for the chaos. Burn two goals, three assists. He had seven points in the quarterfinal game, so Burn came on huge. Dixon three goals and a helper. He only had one goal in the quarterfinal game, but he goes for three and one. Uh, Curtis Dixon does in the semis here against the archers. And then Thompson, a goal. Uh, and he had a goal in the, in the other game too. Thompson just kind of filling in there, planning the crease. But I think what that probably did was you end up with, you know, you kind of have three guys that are capable of dodging and carrying the ball on attack with fields playing with that attack group. You put Thompson in there and that kind of opened things up a little bit more for Dixon and Byrne to be a little more aggressive and, and they share the ball a little bit better. Well, that's my only gripe ever with Connor Fields is he does tend to be a black hole, but he's a black hole that puts up a boatload of points. Typically the mid production in the semis was insane. Just the number of people that the chaos were able to get to contribute with this new freewheeling. I mean, they've always been freewheeling, but this, in this case, this, this addition in, in terms of their six on six offense, they shared the ball. They did share the ball a lot better. Uh, Eric Scott goes for two goals and an assist. That was odd in this game. Stotts, two goals. Uh, Stotts had a goal, two goals in the quarterfinals. Uh, then Smith, Resch, Salcedo, they all put up uh, a goal. Uh, Salcedo had two goals in the quarters. Glassini, I mean, everybody, everybody is chipping in here 
for the chaos. I mean, it's just they're getting points from everyone. And that's one thing I think a theme that we saw in the playoffs here, especially in the teams that won in the playoffs. The theme is they're sharing the ball and they have guys all the way down their roster putting points up. That's one thing that's very evident about this league is this league is good. This league is deep. Even the D middies can score sick goals. Even guys like Nier that don't score a whole lot are putting up sick goals, sick dive play from behind. So that's been a big thing. But the production that the Chaos got have gotten over the last two games out of everybody is just that it's why they've won. It's it's insane. One thing I like that they've done, they got the American uh, midfield line in the box. And, and I don't, when I say American midfield line, I mean American style players and then the box style players. Salcedo for Caro anchoring that American mid. Uh, you got Smith, Buchanan, Stotts, all big box guys running in that second line. And then they weasel some guys in here and there beyond that. Uh, so that was one of the reasons I think that those midfield groups gelled well together. Their styles allowed the chaos to play pretty much two different offensive styles during the course of the games. When you had the American mids in, they would stretch it a lot more vertical dodging. And when you had the Canadian guys in totally different, everybody out front, just trying to draw and dump, draw and dump. So I think that, you know, kind of mixing it up and having two totally different offensive schemes that you're just throwing in, but that are totally tailored to the guys that are on the field in that moment. I think that helped them a lot. And another thing I just want to say on the side, the number of NLL uh, guys that have done really well in this uh, in this series has been incredible. It's been crazy to see how, how well the NLL guys have played, especially offensively. Uh, another big difference, Blaze Reardon, 18 saves versus nine goals. Uh, he had 12 saves versus 14 in the quarterfinals, but he stood on his head in this game. And like I said, I thought the Archers shot selection at times was poor, but Blaze did his job between the pipes 63% over the series. I think he is probably once again, one of the best goalies in the league, if not the best, but consistency is key for Blaze. He's been playing tough all the time. And the fourth quarter in this game was huge for him. Another big difference, Tommy Kelly winning 14 of 26 of the draws for the chaos. That obviously gave them a lot of possessions and let them get in their flow. Defensively, Jason Noble, two cause turnovers, two GBs. Dane Smith, one of those Canadian midfielders, a goal a cause turnover and five GB. So you see the toughness that, that comes out of that, that Canadian midfield line and guys like Dane Smith, it's good to see them getting in the scoring column. I think Dane had a couple of points, if not three points in the semis Did I say above. Yeah, I didn't say above, but either way, Smith is a hell of a player and another one of those NLL guys that uh, has, has been playing really well for the archers, usual suspects, Holman, three goals, Schreiber, two goals and an assist. M- defensively, the chaos did a great job on Grant Ament. One of the things you always have to do with Ament, it goes without saying, is stay on Ament's hands. Every coach that has ever game planned for him will end up saying that. And uh, But more importantly, what they did was, even when they weren't on his hands, they did a great job of disrupting passing lanes. And I'm not talking getting sticks on balls, although Ament did have three turnovers in this game, which is uh, uncharacteristic of him. But they did a great job of just being in the passing lanes. Let's just not give Ament anything to... Uh, feed. Let's not leave any of these things open. They had their sticks up, their bodies in position. So the chaos did a really good job of staying on Amen's hands where they had to, and then being in passing lanes where they couldn't. And they they just did a good job of kind of jamming him up that whole game. And I'm convinced, though, with that said, about how how well of a job the chaos did shutting him down in this game or containing him in this game. I'm convinced now. I. People have accused me of being critical of Amet. I have not been as much critical of Amet as I have been skeptical at the at what resulted in him putting up the litany of points that he put up in, at the college level. I'm sorry. I am a total believer. I am now going to say here, 
on the record, I think Grant Amen is the best feeder in the world. And it, it only took, you know, what, set six games as a pro to prove that. But it is unequivocal at this stage. The the feeds this guy puts on, the, the lanes that this guy finds, the vision, the anticipation, the hands, the speed. I can't like because, I mean, he's capable of scoring goals, as we saw in his first game. He put a bunch of goals up. Um the speed is crazy, so I'm I am all for Grant Amen. I think he's going to be obviously we knew he was going to be a big star. I think he's going to be a bigger star than a lot of people even assumed. And I think he really is the best feeder in the world, one of the best players in the world, uh, Grant Amen, as just a rookie. I mean, just a little water spider. But at this point, the the, the kid can play ball and he has impressed the hell out of me. I'm a believer. Uh overall. The chaos looked like the archers and the whips in these last two games. They 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 have a swagger. They're smiling. They're having fun. They're playing freewheeling ball, sharing the ball, and that has been the key. The teams that are winning are the teams that are sharing the ball and that are getting production deep into their benches. And that's that's something that the chaos have been doing. It was a great game. So chaos, congratulations to them on advancing, and um, we'll go from here to the whip snakes and the redwoods. Late game. I admittedly fell asleep through almost all of the third and fourth quarters, and I just happened to wake up because we had a thunderstorm, and I had the game still on and saw the tying goal and overtime, the overtime goal. Now, one thing, who would have thought that the Whipsnakes would win this game in the semis against the Redwoods in like a grudge match without Matt, uh, without uh, Zeddy Ballgame and Rat Mambo, Rat Mambo uh, scoring? Rambo didn't score, didn't factor at all. Zeddy Ballgame didn't score, didn't factor at all. I say they didn't factor at all. They, they, they drew a lot of heads and drew a lot of slides and drew a lot of double teams. But who would have thought that they would win this game and, and have those two, your two leading scorers, two of the top scorers in the league, in the series, they didn't score, you're still going to win this game. That's what happened. The Redwoods, they held the Whips, two biggest stars, in check, totally, and they still couldn't win this game. And and the reason why, as I already talked about briefly, Earhart was huge, huge, long pole. He scores two two-point goals, both of them from deep. He also has an assist. So Earhart makes up for your two stars not scoring by going for five points with his long pole. Brad Smith further makes up for that. Brad Smith was their first-round pick, I think, or maybe their second-round pick. Last year, he didn't play because of an injury, and Brad Smith this season just added a whole new dimension to their game as a Dodger, as a mid playing, I think mostly from the midfield. Um, and Smith goes for a goal and five helpers. So between Earhart and Smith, you make up for the lost production from Rambo and um, and Williams. And then Nardella has been incredible from the faceoff X, you know, MVP candidate for sure. Nardella, eighteen of twenty six from the faceoff X, that's been incredible. And then Burnlor, you could make the argument. He is, you know, has had has been the most solid goalie between the pipes, maybe, but 13 saves versus 12 goals. And that was better than what Troutner put up. If we look at the stats, though, I did just want to read through those real quick because it was crazy. Um, if we look at the Redwoods, Kavanaugh, he factored as we figured he would. The uh, Bilbo Baggins here, he goes for four goals and an assist. Kavanaugh, I think the best player 
I don't think too many would argue, you know, this season, best player on this roster uh, outside of maybe Ryder Garnsey. I just like Kavanaugh because I think he's overall more consistent. Ryder Garnsey, though, one of my favorite players to watch. He goes for two goals, two helpers. Jack Neer has that goal. And I mean, even the Redwoods, you see the reason they're here right now is because you look down their roster, Brent Adams with a goal, uh, Patrick Harbison scored a really nice goal wrapping around from the left side from behind the cage. Uh, Perkovic with one. Uh, and maybe the fact that Perkovic only had one was one of the things that hurt. Maybe Perkovic needed a two, obviously. Uh, Peterson was quiet with just one goal. Brendan Gleason, he usually is good for two points. He only goes for a goal. Miles Jones, same thing. One point, he had an assist. Joe Walters with an assist instead of a goal, oddly enough. So, that was huge. I mean, the Redwoods played a good game and they chipped back into this and they, they didn't give up and played tough. So that's going to just continue this grudge match because the Redwoods are going to hate the the uh, whip snakes even more now. And then, I mean, you, you just look at Smith, Smith, one and five, Earhart, um, two and one technically, but four points for those two goals that he scored. Jay Carlson for the whip snakes has been really big the last few games and just big, big on the crease. And he does not look like an off ball guy, but his off ball prowess is incredible. He's uh, very much an, an, an American off ball player. He had a really nice flip. Maybe I should have talked about that one, but I've seen a lot of guys do the flip. So I didn't, but it's one of my favorite goals, but he had a really nice flip right on the crease. Uh, Chanachuk, two goals and an assist uh, Sieverts scoring the game winner in this game. So that just shows you as you get down the, the rot, the, the, the last two goal scorers, Sieverts with a goal and Tuttle with a goal. And then Nardella and Haas each put up assists. So it's just crazy though, that the two guys I didn't say, uh, at all, uh, Rambo and Williams, their two leading scorers didn't factor. They still win this game. And a lot of that, like I said, is thanks to Nardella dominating the faceoff X 18 of 26 out of him. So that's huge. And then Burnlor 13 saves, 12 goals against 52% save percentage. It wasn't a blaze Reardon level game, but he factored when he had to. And I, both goalies, uh, Burnlor and, um, Troutner Jr. both made saves within the last two and a half minutes, I think, to to force overtime and make sure neither team gave up that tie and loss. So both goalies played solid, but Burnlor here wins in this one simply because his team won. He saved one more shot that that uh, Troutner Jr. probably wishes and should have saved. So what's this mean for the finals? We have the chaos and the whip snakes. And right now, I tell you what, nobody wants to play the chaos. I if I had to pick right now who's going to win this game, I'm going to go my prediction. I'm trying I gotta make a prediction on the fly here. And you can tell I didn't I didn't plan this out and I didn't do it beforehand. Let me take a drink while I'm thinking real quiet real quick. Just water. Water in my Willoughby's coffee mug. Uh thanks, Barry. All right. So I am going to go with the chaos. I think that what the chaos have been doing all around, they've been, I mean, granted, the whip snakes have been doing the same thing, sharing the ball. You're, you're seeing them win games, even when their stars don't necessarily show. I think what we're going to see is the chaos win the finals. They're going to lose every game in group play and then win three in a row. Is that what they ended up having to win to win the finals? I think they're going to beat the whips. I think it's going to go, it's going to be a one goal game, if not an overtime game, because that just seems to be how it goes. That's That's been one of the great things with the PLL is that guys, you watch these games and it's 8-2 in the second quarter. And I'm thinking, oh, well, this is going to be a blowout uh, just because I felt like it just looked like the whips were going to roll. Not so fast. Teams, it's very much like the NBA in the sense that teams will get down and they will chip, they will have their own run 
to get back into it. So these guys are pros. So I think that we are going to see the chaos beat the whips. I think that we're going to see burn go off. I think Dixon's going to go off. I like that attack. They're tough. I like that. All, they're both of their midfield lines and I'm leaning into really liking that, that, that Canadian box or not, maybe not Canadian box, but the box guys, the NLL guys on the line together defensively, they beat people up. They play well in transition. The tough thing's going to be Kelly's going to have to play really good at the face off X against Nardella. If he can just win 45 to 50%, I think if he can force Nardella to, you know, into, into ugly situations, the, the, the wing play has been more important than ever in this league. And Earhart has been quiet at times because Nardella tends to win a lot more faceoffs on his own, I think, than some of these other guys. That's anecdotal, and I'm just kind of observing that in my head. I don't know if it's actually true statistically. Um, the gorilla can tell us if that's true, but I think Kelly's going to do enough at the faceoff X to keep things reasonable. I think they're going to neutralize some of those two-point goals that they give up in transition to Earhart that uh, the Redwoods did. So I think they're going to play a little bit better defense in transition. And I think offensively, it's a wash. I think both of these teams are going to put points up. But I just like – I think that the the whip snakes are ready to roll. I think the chaos are on a mission. And I feel like the chaos, they're, they're my pick. One goal in either overtime or not, I don't care. But I think the chaos are going to win this by one goal. Uh, the finals are when. I did keep this up so I could tell you. The finals are Sunday, August 9th at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC. So that is a big deal. These dudes are playing prime time on Sunday. Uh, well, not prime time, you know, like prime time during the day on Sunday for the finals on NBC. So it's a network game for uh, a pro lacrosse league is freaking ridiculous. So chaos whip snakes, seven seed versus the one seed. And I'm going with the seven seed as my winner. And um, that's pretty much it. As I said, guys, we'll be back and we'll, we'll wrap this up and we'll talk Monday uh, about the finals. We'll do a show on Monday morning. Um, for the finals. Maybe we even wait until Tuesday to put it out simply because if I put it out Monday, not as many people see it. We put it out Tuesday, more people see it. So maybe that's the way we'll roll. Um, but either way, Monday or Tuesday, we'll put the recap of the finals out, recap of the whole series. Uh, and then after that, we'll kind of just recap what happened in the MLL, what happened in the PLL, fall balls canceled uh, for lacrosse. So we'll talk about all that stuff after that. We'll probably get back to going a little slower and then get more back into in, in, uh, instructional type of things as we get through the rest of the summer and uh, through the fall without lacrosse, it's going to look like. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. You can go to laxfactor.com, get yourself swag, hats, t-shirts, and more. And if you want to listen to the audio version, go to anchor.fm forward slash laxfactor. We will be back either Monday or Tuesday. Watch one of those days. Maybe we'll throw out on social media telling you, telling you which day it's going to drop. But that is it. Hoost is out. <laughs>